Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors, uh, and you can listen to them. You listen to Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. We know not everybody can listen to them on Saturday mornings. We know not everybody can listen to a podcast. So we break out a podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Thanks, Doug. Well, one thing about the hot, windy days of late across North Dakota there's less of an issue with cooler water temperatures. Devil's Lake anglers are enjoying fair-to-good walleye action, which includes better success now in spots along East Bay, where numerous 16- to 20-inch walleye are showing up. Try 10 to 13 feet using slip bobbers or spinners with bottom bouncers and night crawlers. You might also want to try Pelican Lake or the north end of Creel Bay. However, be sure to use caution on Pelican Lake with its low water levels. Otherwise, it's a good opportunity to get some nasty boat or motor damage. Jamestown Reservoir remains active for a variety of fish. Pipestem Reservoir is still offering crappie. And Lake Ashtabula continues to be fair to good for walleye. Work shallow in the weeds and tend to, well, make that 5 to 10 feet using a variety of presentations. There's also good crappie activity with the fish being quite active. Look for some perch and bluegill mixed in as well. Out west, the Missouri River Tail Race continues producing walleye with good numbers of small fish in the spillway channel. It's nice to see some activity finally there. However, many are on the small side, so Sort through your catch for those eater-sized keepers. Tribe jigs and minnows. Catfish success is fair from shore, and continue casting crankbaits from shore at night for those walleye. Lake Sakakawea remains spotty for walleye on the east end. Try pitching jigs in the shallows or vertical jigging in about 20 feet. You all might also want to try crankbaits. The east end's probably about the only place where water temperatures could still be a little on the cool side. Better success is still farther west around Mackenzie Bay. The Van Hook Arm remains slow, but a few more anglers are starting to catch an occasional walleye. Try jigs or lindy rigs with minnows yet. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale, and she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Right now, it's time to get you that podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. You hear Brewer and Agri gone outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Not everybody can listen then, and not everybody can check out their podcast. So here is a podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. So we're brought in Brenton Hill. Brenton is the president of FM Walleyes. And again, we're not talking walleyes or fishing. Uh, Brenton is a very avid hunter. And we're going to chat with him about what things we need to start thinking about right now if we want to be successful this fall. How are you doing, Brenton? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me today, guys. So, Brenton, uh, let's just run down on a list a little bit of some of the things that our hunters uh, should really be thinking about right now. You know, I've, 
obviously the firearm hunters, you know, they had to turn in their licenses here or apply for their licenses recently. You know, that's one of the first things you forget that you're kind of SOL, but um, hopefully a lot of our listeners got their applications in and will be successful. So what are some of the other things that we need to think about right now to get ready for this fall? Well, Scotty, when we think about preparing for the hunting season, you know, it, it really, for me personally, starts on on the, the last day of last year, you know, running some analysis, running what I saw. I was fortunate enough, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have a good job that has a lot of flexible time off, and I was able to celebrate a lot of days in the field last year, whether it was archery hunting or rifle hunting or even doing some upland and waterfall hunting as well. Um, so really, the preparation starts when you're analyzing last season, you know, when you left, when you put your gun away, when you put your equipment away for the last day, where did you see the best game? What, where was the game that got away? Where's the buck that you're excited to see this year? Because you know, you know, you know that he's still out there. So really that analysis starts the day after the season ends and you hit the nail on the head, Scott, you know, June brings a month of anxiety for a lot of people, you know, right now, the lottery systems, the, the, the applications are due we're all patiently waiting to see how that shakes out and we're excited and um, we do have to start planning right now and specifically in North Dakota we got a few things that we're going to talk about today that are going to be important um, that people need to tackle right now they need to tackle them this weekend or this week or in July because it's going to help uh, help them be successful this upcoming season so Brenton I know you you hunt some both public land and private land uh, a lot of people are blessed to have have their own private land where they can hunt. A lot of people go out and hunt the public land and a lot of people do both like you that uh, even though you do have access to some private land, you still enjoy getting out there and, uh, and tromping around on a public land a little bit. So is the preparation going to be different? I would assume the preparation would be different, whether it's public or private land. So Scott, last year when we talked about the same topic, we were in hunting season, was talking with visiting with you both. I think I just came off an archery kill and I was riding pretty high. At that point, we would have talked a lot about mapping software. You know, what's out there that you can get on your cell phone um, that can that can help you find these public land spots? You know, the app that I use for that is Onyx. You know, this time last year, I was spending a lot of time on Onyx. I know there's a lot of other mapping tools out there that you pay for. It's a mobile app that you use on your smart device. And I think that Onyx even makes a chip for like Garmin GPSs as well. But so this time last year, we would have talked a lot about the importance of an application like Onyx. Here we are six months later, and what we need to spend some time today is talking about a new North Dakota uh, legislation, new law that came out um, that does allow in, in private landowners to host their land electronic. And so that changes the landscape a little bit. You know, some of these folks that have either been coming to North Dakota from, from other states or those of us that live here in North Dakota, we have got to start planning now and looking at this technology that the Game and Fish has released so that we can keep an eye on you know, some of those lands that are next to public land that maybe weren't posted before with a physical sign or, you know, taking a look here at some of those lands in North Dakota. If it wasn't posted before with a physical sign, um, you were able to hunt that without written permission. And that's changing a little bit this year. OK, so just clarification here for our listeners and, and really for myself too, Brenton, because uh, I've heard of this, but just grasping it, I think, is important. So uh, a landowner in North Dakota can go on and they can post their land electronically. They don't have to put any signs up. And we as outdoor enthusiasts, right, sportsmen, sportswomen, it's our responsibility to know whether this is posted or not via the online system. 
when we think about coming to North Dakota and using our public lands, we've got the plot programs, we've got the WPAs and the WMAs. There's a lot of public land that is posted with, po with, with public land signs to walk in access to hunt. Now, when we think about the private landowner, someone that maybe, you know, didn't mind if people were, were celebrating, you know, the hunting and doing some hunting on their land. When we roll up to our favorite spots now, we need to not only look for a physical posted sign, we also need to use either a printed map that the Game and Fish will be providing in early August or the online mobile app, which is known as ArcGIS, that you can get information off of the North Dakota Game and Fish website. When we're at that approach, when we're ready to get into the field, we need to make sure that there's not a physical posted sign there. And we need to make sure that that land is not electronically posted on the ArcGIS posting app. Yeah, so that that makes a lot of sense, you know, that with that big change, it's really makes your preparation that much more important so that you can start seeing what the changing landscape is out there, because I'm sure these these postings change from year to year. And now with the new system, um, there's probably going to be a pretty big change in it, I would think. So, Scott, the change is one thing to think about, like the listeners today, I want them to take it away that it has changed in 2021. If you're going to be hunting in North Dakota and you're going to be keeping an eye on the land that you, the spots that you like to hunt, you're going to have to know about this mobile app. You're going to have to know about this new law. And Scott, I don't want to rule out the folks that aren't using mobile devices when they're in the field. You know, I would love to leave my iPhone or my iPad at home and just go out like we always did in the past. But the fact of the matter is that that's changing a little bit. But I want to remind everyone that there are going to be printed apps available. And so when you, you know, if you're not a smartphone user, you're able to get that North Dakota plot book or whatever book they print out here in the last part of July and early part of August. And it's going to be listing those private landowners that have selected to post their land online. Okay, Brenton. So with information, um, we can look at that as a glass half full, glass half empty. And, and I think uh, all of us look, like to look at it as half full. How do we use that information to our advantage as we plan for this fall? Well, Kyle, you know, to deep into some of the secrets that I've already determined here as I've been looking at some of my favorite spots to hunt, you know, it's, it's going to be important to see if it's posted, but it's also going to call out some of these other public land spots that maybe I haven't tried before. You know, if we get in a situation where, you know, there's a section of plot land that I've, I've driven by, but I've never hunted there, and now a bunch of the private landowners around there post that digitally, well, that's going to show as a big orange blob on this ArcGIS app. And it's going to be a place where now maybe I should be stopping by there. You know, there's obviously a reason why maybe those private landowners, maybe there's a lot of game there or, you know, the opportunity to to get into some of that public land that adjoins really good uh, private land and be successful that way, too. So this I've been monitoring it. I've been monitoring a few of my favorite public land spots to see what the landowners around it do. And it's been interesting to follow this and, and see now, landowners have to post by July 18th. So there is a deadline for the landowners to get that done on, you know, I would make the assumption that on July 19th, if you download the app, you're going to be able to scope up some of your favorite spots and see what's going on in that. So, Brian, we don't have a whole lot of time left, but with this dry conditions we're having now, and this is just assuming that these dry conditions will continue, will this mapping help you? figure stuff out a little bit better, you know, like where some of the watering holes are and that kind of stuff so that um, it'll make your season more successful. 
So both apps, you know, the Onyx system as well as the ArcGIS app from the North Dakota, or it's not the North Dakota Game and Fishes app, but it's what they use for this type of stuff. Um, you know, you are able to get some images, and on the Onyx, you're able to see topography. So it is going to show some of those lower lying areas, and whenever that map picture was taken, it is going to show some of those water holes. And I'm gonna I'm gonna flat out tell you guys, deer and pheasants need to drink water. I will be keying in on those spots this year unless things change uh, based on the moisture and the drought conditions. That's awesome. All right, Brenton, we really appreciate you coming on Gone Outdoors today. Uh well, that is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available by Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Uh, make sure you check out them Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. And then also you can check out their podcast at kfgo.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Till next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.